What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Bravo East Coast Housewives. This is your bitch, Kim, and you know what? It is my mama's birthday today. Happy birthday to you. Who am I, Luann? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Mama Bear. Happy birthday to you. Okay, so that was my rendition of happy birthday, of course, to my mama. It's her birthday, August 3rd. So, Happy birthday, Mama Bear. Of course, I love you forever to the moon and back and all that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to say that to uh, everyone who's listening. It's my mom's birthday. Give her a shout. So welcome to Bravo East Coast Housewives. And I just want to get right into it. We have a few things that I want to talk about in What the Bravo. Now, again, we're going to be covering New York and Potomac. Super Potomac is delivering, if you ask me. I think Roni, we're getting to a point where we're kind of ready for it to be over and we're ready to see if Ramona will actually head to the reunion. So, but let's get into what the Bravo, there are a few things about Candace, Mia and Dr. Wendy, but also some stuff on Erica Jane. So Yin's guys, I saw on a recent post, now mind you, I didn't, I, I don't follow Candace. We all know that. However, this season She's given me inklings of things where I'm kind of liking her more, but I'm not saying that I'm on the Candace bus. I'm still on the Monique bus. However, I saw via a friend of mine on his post that Candace posted something about her new album, and it looks like the track list for her album that looks like a receipt, which is kind of interesting. So I'm wondering if she's got receipts on these girls and her songs. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know if the album itself is called Tracklist because the way that I looked at it is it seemed as if her album was out now, but I did go on Spotify to check it out. And the only thing that's on there is her other song that just dropped. I can't remember what it was called. I listened to it. I have to say, I respect what she did in the song and everything, but I'm a little disappointed because I feel like with all the Housewives Candy and her are the most talented singers. And I'm a little disappointed that she put a lot of auto-tune on it. I don't think that she needs to do that. 
I think she has a good enough voice to have it just raw. So Candace, I'm a little disappointed in that. I hope your whole album isn't like that because if it is, I'm probably not going to listen to it. Girl, you're more talented without the autotune. I'm just saying, don't use it. You don't need it, girl. But I don't think her album's out. It's not on Spotify yet. Now, we're going to get in some juicy juice with Dr. Wendy, who's really feeling herself this season. I don't know if I love that, but we'll get into that. And uh, we're going to talk about Mia. So, found it on the reality blurb. You know it. I guess Wendy is revealing the reason behind the feud with her and Mia and that big confrontation that we saw at the, hey, we're celebrating Ashley, but we're not really celebrating Ashley. So... And she's saying that there is this huge fight between her and Giselle. I think it was me and Giselle. Let me let me take a quick look here. Yes, Dr. Wendy had a huge fight with Giselle, and apparently it didn't make it to air. I'm wondering if it's kind of about Eddie and his like illegitimate child or whatever. I know we're going to see that later in the season, but I wonder if that's where the start of it was and the production was like, we need to save this shit for last. So I'll quote what Wendy said. She says, quote, me and Giselle got into an argument right before Mia walked in, right before anyone walked in. Ooh, And Giselle had confronted me because she didn't like the way that I told Robin at my nude interlude not to jump in while Giselle and Karen were talking. So once that happened, my energy was completely off. And so you guys see me making a face. I was like squirming and I was like ready to leave because there was a whole big confrontation that happened. And then Mia walks in. So she was heated before Mia walked in, and I guess she was taking it out on Mia with that. So basically, from there, she's like, yeah, Mia and I had a rough start. It didn't really last that long. But as the show is airing, I guess part of the contractual thing is the women have to sort of narrate and talk and shit on social media for fan interactions and whatnot, such as ourselves. And I guess what happened... Mia saw something that Wendy was writing that made her look bad and all this kind of shit, calling her flip flopper and all this stuff. So Wendy was on the defense saying, you know what? This is not how I see you now. I am just narrating the story as what's going on in the season currently in present day, the way that the viewers are viewing it right now. Mia didn't like that shit. And of course, she's retaliating on the Instagram, Twitter, you know, all that shit. Wendy's saying that there's no ill will towards Mia. Apparently, Wendy's saying that Mia doesn't understand this right now because she is the new girl. Apparently, Dr. Wendy, after her first season, she thinks like she's an OG now. She needs to like calm down and take a back seat a little bit. That's just what I think. I'm not really loving that she's feeling herself so much. I mean, girlfriend, I know that you got the tits and the ass. That's great. But we don't need to see it all the time. Like conservative a little bit, please. She also goes on to say, so what happens a lot of the times for new people is that they may not understand the dynamics at play. And what happened was an episode was airing and we tweet to narrate to the viewers what's happening. I think she thought my tweet was reflective of how I feel now versus me narrating to people through the current episode that we're on. And I think that's where we missed each other. And she's new. So basically she was saying, Mia, you're not seeing me. We're not seeing each other right now. So... I don't know. I think Wendy just needs to call. She's not. She's kind of acting like Leah right now. They're all 
really, they delivered really good seasons, their freshman season, even though one day I don't think she had the proper introduction just because of the Candace Monique feud. But I think they're really feeling both of themselves and they think that they know this shit in the back of their head like Ramona does. And they just they just don't. So that's just my take on this. Wendy continued to say that we are going to see for every relationship that is gained this season. So apparently there's some good relationships that are, you know, in the mix and shit. There's going to be two relationships that are lost. Now, could you predict which ones they are? If I could predict, I would say it's probably Candace and Karen that are go out the door and obviously Karen and Giselle. I would be shocked to see if they can actually salvage the friendship because it's not looking good so far. So that is my little spew on the Mia and uh, Dr. Wendy and Candace. So now let's take a look at Erica Jane and what the fuck is going on with her and her legal situation. So now with Erica. We all know what's been going on with her divorce and legal troubles, okay? We are seeing that an attorney reveals whether Erica Jane could face criminal charges and thinks that her legal woes will be fully miserable and suggests that Erica should stay low amid the legal drama. Now, what the fuck does that mean? This bankruptcy attorney, his name is Zev Schechtman? Okay, he says, even though Erica may have filed for divorce for legitimate reasons, that doesn't mean necessarily it's not a sham. Ooh, what does that mean? So he continues to say there can be a completely legitimate divorce where people hate each other and don't want to be married, where they also use the divorce proceeding as a mechanism to transfer assets inappropriately. I think the two things can be true. She can want to be divorced from him for obvious reasons, and there could be sham transactions or avoidable transactions to use the legal term. Whew. Now, what is the sham? Obviously, it's the 25 million plus in transactions that have been used during their marriage to support Erica's lifestyle. So he says the divorce might be real, but that doesn't cure the shams of the past. Now, obviously, Erica's experiencing all the backlash for not showing remorse towards these victims of the Boeing plane flight accident. Now, this other guy, Michael Friedman, a federal prosecutor, said that is not wise for her to do. And you're basically damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. And that's exactly what she said in one of the episodes, from what I recall. And then he continues to say, quote, even if you want to rush to apologize to the victims and distance yourself from whatever was going on, you don't know if you're going to be investigated and you could be, at least publicly, anecdotally anecdotally you get what I'm saying okay (laughs) seen as admitting to being involved wow I need to go back to school apparently so Michael goes on to say that Tom's going to be eventually charged criminally but since he can't even practice law anymore prosecutors may decide that the victims getting their money back is more important which I think that it is but I also think Tom needs to uh pay for the consequences, you know, put the justice being served. Now, as far as Erica, 
He explains that she needs to be quite careful at this time, and she's close enough that she could still get herself in trouble. And at the same time, she may not be criminally charged because she really could not have known what was stolen whenever all this shit was going on. So with that said, he still says that she should lay low. And also, it's probably not the best idea that she's talking about all this shit on the show, even though she's only revealing an X amount to us. He still thinks that that could be used against her eventually and that she's going to be dealing through this shit for a really long time because she's going to get so many different subpoenas and she's just going to be drained financially and emotionally. So we have been seeing on the boob tube that she is dealing with a lot. We see it each episode since she brought it up. Now, I mean, I've spoken about this before. I am very sad that this all happened It's completely unacceptable on Tom for sure. And Erica, if she knew about it, I kind of feel like she did. And she was just sort of covering up. But uh, I could be completely wrong. I just know that I'm really disappointed. And Erica was one of my favorite housewives. And I don't know. I'm just a little distant with her now because of all of this shit going on. And uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Now with that, let's get into our beautiful girls of Roni. And what will we be talking about? Ooh, Sonia and Ramona's birthday party. But I have a bone to pick with production on that. So let's get started. So with my lovely gals from Roni, baby, we are coming back from the Salem witch trials hang, you know what I'm saying. And this is after the seance happened and we really learned that there was a lot of shit that Sonia dealt with as a child with her father. So she had some daddy issues, which don't we all? Now, we start off at the Trinity Boxing with Martin, you know, Martin, hey, Sonia, hey, Ebony, yeah. So they're talking. This is before Sonia comes. And then from there, we go to Luann's house and she is getting some little treats together for Roro because she's coming over. You know why? Because it's her birthday and she she likes to celebrate her birthday because it's usually like a month celebration. So Luann was like, we're going to celebrate you, Ramona, and we're going to do a party, but I'm going to host it because you do it all the time and you have 8 million people there and we should get really, really small amount of people at this party. Basically, the cast of The Real Housewives of New York, and we're going to do it that way. And then you see Ramona on her confessional. She's like, yeah, because of COVID, like, I think it's a really good idea to just have, like, closest girlfriends there and not, like, 70 that I, like, usually have. So that's what they're going to do. I'm surprised that she would even say that. Maybe she's trying to get into the good graces of all of us who are watching her. Hmm. Luann expresses that she wants to host a joint party with her and Sonia, which makes sense. They've done that in the past before. We go back to Trinity Boxing. Sonia comes there and uh, Martin Martin asks Sonia because we find out that Martin basically thought that Ebony was 27. Ebony's like, baby, don't you know that black don't crack? And he's like, yeah, I've heard of that before. Now, Sonia comes and then Martin asks her, Sonia, have you ever heard of the expression black don't crack? And then Sonia, oh, yes, I have, but I know that blondes do. LOLOL, honey, that was a good one. I appreciated that. I just thought I'd 
spread that love to all yins, guys. Now, then we turn back to Ramona and Luann. They're reflecting on the seance and how Ramona said, because she was never there, essentially, in her mind for her brother, even though she was, but towards the end, she kind of pushed him away because she she didn't know what to do anymore. She tried to help him as much as she could, and he just was not budging. So she admits to Luann that she feels like she never really mourned the death of her brother, and she's really kind of scared at this point for Sonia. She does not want Sonia to end up in an accident of some kind like her brother was with her drinking, and she's just really, really concerned, and so is Luann. So they all feel helpless at this point. And Luann says, you know what? It only takes one night to go off the handle. And we have seen that with Luann. She is speaking her truth because that is exactly what happened. And we have that shit on camera to prove it. And I thought it was very interesting for these girls to be so close, supposedly, that none of them knew about Sonia's father issues. I found that quite surprising And that makes me question if they really were friends in the first place. Like now I feel like with Roni and a lot of the other housewives, I feel like some of these women are thrown in together and they just sort of become friends for the show. But I really do think, or at least I thought back whenever the show started, I really thought that these women were friends to begin with. And... I don't know. I don't know if uh, production has pulled a fast one on me, but if you have, damn, I am late to the fucking party. But now let's go back to Sonia and Ebony at Trinity Boxing, honey. Ebony is talking to Sonia about her father. I guess we learned that Sonia's dad was not really intimate with her mother, and there was huge pressure between the two of their families in that Sonia's father's mother invited Sonia to live with her. So there was a lot of shit going on. And I guess we learned also that her dad was a player and that he wasn't really a dad. So she kind of grew up in uh, an absent world of a father, I guess you could say, which has created some hiccups whenever she has her relationships, her intimate relationships. And uh, Ebony could relate in some way. Uh, With her father, we'll get into that whenever she's talking to her potential sister that we're trying to figure out if it's true. They get back into the ring and they're doing their workout and shit and cue the motivational speech from Martin. I tell you this, if you look him up and you follow his Instagram just on him, you will see so many different, well, obviously workout shit that he's doing. That's great. But he is really a spiritual guy and he is definitely a motivational, I would say, speaker. At least he should be at different colleges and shit. Like he really has a great outlook on life. And if you ever feel bad, Bad about yourself, go to his fucking page and just scroll because he says some amazing shit that will make you feel free and in and, and just at peace. So I highly recommend it because I think he's great and I want him to have his own apple, goddammit. And yeah, Martin, we fucking love you. At least I do. So with a father speaking, Ebony then talks to Sonia about her dad and how she's doing this blood test with this woman who reached out to her and said, hey, I think you're my sister and her name is Ashley. Now we'll get back to that. Eventually, we're going to Luann's house because she got a piano. Happy birthday. I'm not going to do it again because I did it at the very beginning. You get what I'm saying. So Luann got this piano because she is 
apparently going to be writing songs and shit in her house for her new albums and blah, 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 blah. When realistically, the two guys that are producers on her show come and they're writing the shit. Okay, Luann, you're not writing the song. You're just sort of speaking the song. (laughs) I wouldn't even say that you're singing. But anyways, so she's working on a Christmas tune for some fortune. I think it's the Fortune Society to donate all of the proceeds to this society. Hopefully that makes fucking sense. But anyways, (laughs) the song is called What Do I Want for Christmas? Now, holy shit, do not get all freaked out about this, Luann. I'm going to sing a little bit of it. I am not going to make any money from this, so you can calm down. The legal situation is fine. What do I want for Christmas? Actually, let me do it a little bit differently so I can say that this is my own melody. What do I want for Christmas? How about that? I'm just using the same exact lyrics, but the melody was different. Now, she wants everyone to come over and sing a little diddle, which is basically what I just did, minus the it's you part. Before that, we see Ebony calling her potential sister, Ashley, and they are talking about her family and the passing of their father and how really they didn't really mourn his loss and they didn't really they didn't really have their heart broken in a way just because I guess he was so absent from their lives. And they both spoke about how they as well have issues with intimate relationships with men. So it was really nice to see those two bond together. I don't know necessarily if they are sisters, but we do see that Ebony says if she's a sister biologically or not, I want to have a relationship with this woman because we see that they clearly have a connection. So and then after that, we go to the party venue that Luann is hosting for Ramona and Sonia's birthday party. Leah meets up with her. And then they're talking about what they can do in the space with the strippers and the cake. You know, we'll get there. But then Leah is then asking, and I am totally on Leah's side for this for sure. You cannot mess around with artistic, intellectual property. You don't want to fucks with that. So I think Leah was completely in the right for asking Luann, you know, how does this work? Is there a contract? I want to watch my back. I want to make sure that I get everything. And I just want to cover all my legal bases. Leah, yes, I support you. Luann, you should fucking know that. If you're an artist, you should know that. And then after that, because it seems like the situation is handled, we are talking about Garth because Luann ends up in the press with a picture of her and Garth. And Leah's like, yeah, what the fuck is up with that? Did he respond well? And she's like, oh, no, he did not respond well. And you know what? We're kind of taking a break. You know what? We already knew that they weren't together anyways. And I do like the fact that Luann was not as heartbroken as we've seen with all of her other serious relationships. Let's say Tom, please don't let it be about Tom. So I was happy to see that she wasn't, you know, broken down. So then the big day comes, the song recording of what do I want for Christmas at Luann's house. You know, she got that new piano. Ramona cuts her first track. This is hilarious. She says in her confessional, yeah, I was always a really good singer. And then like I got older and then like my voice kind of fell off. And like, yeah, I I wouldn't say I'm the greatest singer. Listen, honey, if you have it, you have it. Okay, you don't have it as a kid and then it leaves. I'm just saying talent is a thing. It is a natural thing. There is such a thing. Can you get better at something? Yes. But are you born with a talent? I believe that. Yes. Now, 
Then we get to <laughs> Halloween says this. Oh my God, this is a good quote from her. She says, you know, autotune plays an important part in every song. I'm not expecting everyone to come in here and be Adele. Uh, Luann, let me just sing to you. Hello. What? Are you putting yourself in the same spectrum, the same sing-o-verse, the sing-o-sphere as Adele? Honey, please. And let me tell you, Candace, okay? With Luann saying auto-tune, honey, Candace, you are so much more talented than what Luann has to offer as far as a vocal singing voice. Let Luann do the auto-tune. Baby girl, just sing your raw self. <sighs> that makes me so mad because Candace does have a talent and I don't want her to use all that fucking enhanced shit because so many other people do it. And there's people like Luann that thinks that she's really a good singer when she's not. <sighs> okay, sorry. That was huge rant. I'm definitely a music person. Yes, I can't stand it. Moving on. So then Sonia comes to record her part of the same thing. What do I want for Christmas? And I love the fact that she's reading over the lyrics and she's like, oh, my God, I love these lyrics, diamonds and panties. And then producer corrects her and says, no, 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 the, the real lyric is diamonds and parties. Sonia, you need to make your own song with diamonds and panties because I'm pretty sure that I would be listening to that as well especially whenever I've had a few drinks on Christmas Eve. You know what I'm saying? So then Ebony comes next and then Leah. And Leah is still curious and wants to make sure that all of her bases are covered legally. And then she asks the producers, who owns the rights? How is it going to be distributed? Will all the money be going to this uh, fortune society forever? Like, I just want to know this. You know, heaven forbid something happens. And then Luann says, um, Leah, you just have a line in the song. There are so many other girls that would kill to be a part of this. So if you don't want to, I don't give a shit, okay? Because they don't even give a shit. They're not asking me all of these questions. Luann, calm down, okay? You're not even handling any of this stuff. It's your producers that are doing all of the work and they're just asking you to do the shit because they know that they're going to make money off of you. That's how the business works. So then we see Luann get super defensive, and I find that crazy. <sighs> and then eventually they hug and make up. Yay. Woo, 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 woo. And I love the fact, Leah, that you were the only one that showed any type of vocal warm-ups. Thank you. You loosened up. <laughs> right? And you did the good old lip trill, classic, classic vocal move. <laughs> or you could have done the Candace, the nice little hum. <laughs> You could have done that too. I respect you. Thank you for doing that. You are making us vocalists look better and better. Yay. So then finally, Ramona and Sonia's party is here. However, production, I have a bone to pick with you. Why did you say that it was Ramona's birthday whenever Luann was saying it's Ramona and Sonia's joint birthday? Production, you gotta be better. And you guys are fucking phenom. But I think you failed on this one. It should be Ramona and Sonia's. Just saying. Check your edits, honey. So all of the ladies are arriving, and it's really just the closest girlfriends of the cast of The Real Housewives, not 70 girls. Sonia is letting everyone know that she's not drinking, and she's talking to Bershawn, and then eventually there's a little bit of shade. I like this. She says, you know what? Whenever Bershawn doesn't say anything stupid, they get along well. And then she says, 
I'm sure I'd love her when she's sleeping. Hell, I had a boyfriend like that for six years, and it was great. Yes. Damn, that was a long time. Six years? Okay. So then eventually we see that Kurt, the model Kirk, what was it, from the Hamptons? It was Luann hosting that party. He comes, and some other dude that looks like the pirate, if you ask me, they come and they attend the party. Ramona apparently met him somewhere, but she will not disclose where. I'm curious if it was like at some 21-year-old bar because the dude looks highly younger than her. No shade, though. We also see that William, uh, a.k.a. No, William, that's my thigh from last season. We see him coming to the party as well. And Leah just wants to know, where the fuck are the new men? Like, why are they constant? Why are these same dudes? Come- like, we need fre- fresh, fresh blood, okay? So then eventually the strippers come out. How original. Ugh. Are they really strippers, though? Because they were just chilling in their Levi's and just doing some thrusts on the women. I mean, come on, Bruce Springsteen. What? I can't even understand this. So then we see Ramona get her flirt on with William and then Bershawn's there and she's talking to Kurt and then eventually Leah, Ebony and Bershawn are talking to Kurt basically about a woman's anatomy. Okay. And basically all three of the girls were like, what's a vulva? Like, where is it? Like they're trying to figure it out. Kurt is basically giving them an education on their own anatomy, which is good because I appreciated that as well. I was probably in the same boat with Leah, Ebony, and Bershawn. So thank you, Kurt. I feel like I just said Kirk before, but the motherfucker's name is Kurt. So that was my bad. I had a lot of uh, coffee this morning and I had a piece of cake. Yes. Then towards the end of the episode, Ebony was saying, hey, I'm hosting this event. I want all Yin's girls to come. It is Black Shabbat. And then, of course, Ramona, she gets triggered by the word black. And she's like, well, why, why are you calling it Black Shabbat? And then she says, Ebony says this, well, all of my guests are black and this is a cultural thing. And I, I mean, you guys are the only ones that are going to be white that are there. And I just want, I mean, it's called a Black Shabbat. Like, what the fuck do you want me to say? And then Ramona's like, no, no, no. Why can't you just say I, I'm having a Shabbat dinner? And then that whole fucking feud starts again. It's not really a feud. It's just Ramona has huge problems with like that whole thing because of her fragility that we have been seeing this whole season. Will she go to the reunion? I don't know. We find out that Ebony Ebony basically says that Bershawn is not invited. Now, here is the reason. Because her girlfriend, Ebony's girlfriend, is hosting this event at her house. And I guess there's only a limited number that can be at the house. I don't know how true that is, but okay. (laughs) But then Ebony also says it is only the girls that went to Israel with her. So I can see that more than the whole limit in the house, but that's just me. And then we see Bershawn throw a little bit of shade that I appreciated. (laughs) And she's like, that's okay, Ebony. I don't need to go to school for nine hours. I'm good. Okay. So then eventually the conversation with the Christmas song comes up with Leah and Luann. Of course, they're like, they're fighting and all this stupid shit. And then Leah basically says to Ramona, because she's butting in, she's like, why do you want to fight? You don't want the smoke. That's nice. And it almost seems like that line should be in the mouth of one of the Potomac women because... I just feel like one of them would say that because they're amazing. (sighs) So with that, Leah then brings up 
the fact of why she said that. And she's saying, hey, do you remember last year at the Berkshires whenever we were talking about how you, Luann, never paid Sonia for the fucking work that she did in your cabaret show? Like, hello, I'm covering my legal bases, bitch. And then we see Ebony say, you know, because it was for charity, I didn't think of anything because I knew that the paperwork would come later. But best believe if it wasn't, I would have been in Luann's face saying, let me see the contract before I sign. And that's the lawyer in her. Yes. But I would say that shouldn't be just the lawyer in someone. That should just be in the mind of anyone who's dealing with that type of shit. You just have to be careful. Then at the very end, cake is brought out. What is it? It's a big vagina and dick cake. LOLOL. Leah eats the tip of the dick. LOLOL. And uh, Leah and Luann eventually resolve their little legal what the fuck is going on with the song issue. And then the, the episode ends. So a good amount of stuff that I enjoyed here. It's very different from what I'm going to be talking about with Potomac because Mia needs to get off her high horse like I'm the boss. Why does she always have to do that in her fucking confessionals? I can't deal. Let's talk about Potomac. Okay, we're at Potomac, baby. Start off, babies. Robin and Giselle doing a nice little photo shoot for their now podcast, Reasonably Shady, which is a maze. Yin's guys should check it out. But stick with my podcast, too. Don't just, you know, leave me. So they're getting a photo shoot. Cal, our beloved Cal, is there to work on their hair. And Giselle is talking to him, basically saying that her and Jamal are done. Because COVID, you can't really have a long-distance relationship with COVID. And Cal's sitting there looking at her like, what the fuck? And he's like, "Uh, yeah, you can. It's called communication, and I think it could work out. And then you just hear Giselle saying, well, I have needs. I need someone eight minutes away from me. Hello? So clearly, it seems like Giselle hasn't been um, pleased in a really long time. And honestly, why would you want to be pleased by Jamal? That's fucking gross. Let's move on. Even though, Giselle, we all saw that that was never going to work. Even your BFF Robin did. She just said it in a nicer way in her confessional because she loves you. And guess what? I fucking love you too, even though I don't know you per se. But I'm just saying. Sometimes the truth hurts and we still love you and we're happy that you have taken yourself out of that equation. Giselle's talking about Grace, her oldest daughter, and how she keeps failing her learner's permit. Seriously, Grace, I totally understand. I failed my learner's permit. My girlfriend failed her learner's permit three times. You are okay. This is just showing that you might not be the best multiple choice test taker. And guess what? I'm not either. And that is totally okay. I think those tests are kind of fucked up in my opinion, if you ask me. But girl, you're fine. You'll get it. Everything will be great. 10 years from now, you're not even going to think of this shit. Then they all start talking about Mia and all the work that she's had done on her clit. That just keeps on coming back. Click, 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 click. Not click, but clit. Robin then says, you know what? I think we should give Mia a fair shot. We should ask her out for drinks. So you see Giselle texting Mia saying, yeah, let's go to drinks without Karen. So she put that in the text. And then the shit that they get back later. Oh, phenom. I fucking quote that shit. It was so good. So then you go to Maggie and Ashley. They're going on a little date night. 
First of all, I loved what she was wearing, that like jumpsuit thing that was green and black. Love. And I love the shoes because I think they were Converse. So yes, Ashley. Woohoo. Michael then starts to talk about how he has this dream and how he wants to pursue it of being a movie producer. And Ashley's like, what the fuck? And he's like, yeah, you know, like Spielberg. Again, Michael, are you like Luann? Do not put yourself up where Spielberg is, honey. Hello. Hello. This is like crazy. I mean, these reality stars really just think that they're like, I mean, I can't. I can't. I mean, I love them all, but like, I can't. So Earth to Michael, do you know that you're about to have a child? This is your second child. Do you know that your first child is not even three yet? How are you going to be a fucking movie producer going to all these different locations and doing all this shit? You need to think about your investment, Michael. Your investment is your children. So let's go to the Huger household. Raven, Karen's daughter, calls. She is now working in New York as some sort of executive and she's having a bell of the ball time apparently. Karen is then saying that she is being inducted as an ambassador in Surrey County, which is where, uh, you know, she's from. Do you remember that periwinkle suit, honey, in that parade? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. The parade of like seven. <sighs> Karen wants Raven to help Ray pick out a new wedding ring for her, you know, for their renewal of the vows. Because she said, Raven, I don't want another wedding band. Hello. She wants them diamonds, honey. The diamonds. Diamonds are forever. Diamonds are a girl's best friends. So then we get to Mia being a boss. How many fucking times does she say that she's a boss? <coughs> boss. <coughs> Stop. We get it. We get it that you're a boss just like we get that Wendy got titties and ass. We got it. We got it. Let's move on. And I think with that, don't you think that Wendy and Mia have a lot in common? Maybe they would be best friends. So she's going to the joint chiropractic thing, doing shit for it, you know, making it look nice. Making it nice! And I guess she isn't really doing the work balance thing well because for the third time, apparently, she is not picking up her kid from school or whatever. So that's a thing. Then we go to a workout outside hosted by Robin. First of all, Robin, I love you so much and I fucking love that coat that you were wearing. I don't know, but like your fashion, I want everything that you have because it so speaks to my soul. It kills me. I even looked up online, Google. I was trying to see the make of that jacket. I know that I probably could never afford it, but I'd like to think that I can. That's why I was looking it up. But why would you have a workout session in the middle of winter, or at least it looked like the winter, or almost two, because everyone was in a winter coat? I thought that was funny. So after the workout is done, Candace calls and says to the girls, who was there? Ascala, Wendy, and Robin, okay? Candace calls and says, hey guys, I'm having a pajama party at the old townhouse because it's sold. Let's have fun. So then she's going to invite Mia as well. And <laughs> she said this to her friend. They did like a flashback. She's like, I'm going to invite Mia. I mean, she's got big feet. But you know what? She's really tall. So that was some cute shade. Thank you, Candace. Then we see Karen going to Mia's house. And they're having a little chit chat about how the celebration for Ashley was not really a celebration for Ashley. So they were talking about that shit. And then we see that Karen also says again that Robin is up. Giselle's Bush. Damn, like her George Bush? <laughs> oh my God. So then we get back to the workout hang with the three girls. And then Robin is then talking about the text exchange between Giselle and Mia. Ooh, this is good. This is good. 
We also see that Karen and Mia talk about it as well. So the production goes from one place to the other, talking about the same damn thing. Now, here is what Mia replies to Giselle after she says, yes, let's hang out without Karen. Ooh, I quote Mia. It says, hi, Giselle, unless you want to discuss business, there's nothing I have time to talk to you about. Would you like for me to connect you with my assistant to pencil you in this week? Damn. Then Robin responds like, what's up with the rude comment? I'm paraphrasing, of course. What's up with the rude comment? We're trying to get to know you. Is this how you act? Like, I'm confused. Then Mia says, my apologies, Robin. I was hosting a Sunday dinner for my friends. I guess that's why she did a late response. Mm-hmm. I buy it. Then she says, at Giselle, considering my message was directed toward you, forgive me if you think I'm being rude. I'm simply being direct. Oh, then dot, dot, dot. No response from Robin or Giselle. Holy fuck. Mic drop even though I'm not going to do that because my mic is pretty expensive and this episode would be fucked up. So Mia's coming in super strong and she's like, Giselle cannot put stipulations on who I can and cannot bring to a drinks hang with. So you cannot do that to me, Giselle. I am a boss. Ugh, fuck me, okay? Then we got Candace in the stew. In the studio without her husbander, Candace put on your big girl pants. You can do it, honey. Also, I fucking loved her sweater. I cannot deal with this. The Potomac women, I'm digging all your style. I want all your shit. Can you send it to me? I'll put it on my Instagram because I'm an influencer of like 200 some people. <laughs> but seriously, I love your shit. I love your shit. And Candace, I love that sweater. Maybe I'm like getting, maybe I'm like gaining more respect for her. I have no idea. This is Candace. So she explains to us that she did not end up signing with Chucky Taylor. Like we saw her last year. He wanted to sign her to his label. And she said that she, unfortunately, it didn't work out. So she's doing all of this shit herself. And here's the thing. As an artist, Candace, I respect the fuck out of you. And it definitely makes me like you more. And I feel like you're growing on me because you did that. Like mad props, mad props, because most people, probably Luann, would take the signing. And I love the fact that you're doing this shit yourself. I fucking respect you for that. So and I wish you the best of luck with all that shit. Stop using autotune because I feel like you'll ship will blow up more. That's just my humble opinion. But I respect you for that. I thought that was a really cool moment and it made me connect with you on a level that I didn't think that I would be able to do that with. So thank you, Candace. Then we see poor old Grace take her permit test again and she failed. Honey, my dear, it is okay. You will pass. It is just a simple thing that you will not even think of next year, essentially. You really won't because you'll have all your shit and that's just a little, little part of your life. You're okay. I'm not worried about it. So then we see Candace getting ready for her PJ party. The girls are arriving. Karen's the first one. What does she have to do? Because Candace is having all of the girls do this. Take a shot of fireball, honey. Fireball. We all know what Karen's like. Kurt! When she drinks fireball. Then we see Wendy come in with her skimpy skimpy lingerie. Lingerie. Trying to think of a word that rhymes with lingerie. Uh, Lingerie. Don't get your hater aid. No, that's stupid. 
I'll have to work on that. But, you know, she's basically wearing next to nothing, ass out, boobs up, you know, doing her thing. As I said before, I'm kind of getting sick and tired of seeing it. Let's, you're not just the outside, Dr. Wendy. I want to get inside, too. That also sounded weird, but whatever. (laughs) Whatever! Karen asks Robin after she arrives, yeah, Robin, like, when are you getting married? And then Robin has to feel like she has to be on the defense on this. And then we see her shade Karen, basically, because Karen's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to da 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 Robin's like, you know what, Karen, if you want to be having a wedding, a super spreader wedding, that's your problem, okay? I want to do mine whenever I'm fucking ready, whenever COVID isn't like this huge thing, bitch. Robin, I'm on your side with that. Just have to say. Karen is obviously on the side with Cynthia Bailey because I actually think that she went to her wedding because we all know that Cynthia had a COVID wedding. So, but she had it too in the middle of like whenever it was like really, really heavy. And I guess Karen would have, I don't know. The Delta thing is getting worse. I don't fucking know. But everyone be safe and wear your masks. Even though there is no mask mandate, I don't know. Just be smart. That's all I have to say. I don't want to get all political here. Then we see that Candace is talking about the party. All the girls are there and shit, except for, yeah, everyone's there. And then we find out that Candace says, oh my God, I forgot to ask Ashley. No, you didn't, bitch. You did not want her to be there. And you know what? That's totally okay. And I'm surprised that you didn't even say that in your confessional because you throw shade and you're so messy. Why didn't you just tell us up front? I didn't want her. I didn't want her there. Whatever. But you know what? It doesn't matter. She wouldn't have come to your party anyways because her water broke. So she was about to have her baby. And we see her get into the car. They're going to the hospital. She was being really emotional. And then we get back to uh, the pajama party. And they're talking about the text exchange with Mia and Giselle. And then that shit blows up. And then Mia asks Ascala, which first of all, this has nothing to do with the text exchange. And I'm very confused by this. But she says, as a boss... I feel like I'm just going to do that anytime I talk about her because it's so annoying. <laughs> and she says, you know what, Escala, how many businesses do you have? Because I'm a boss. <coughs> Ugh, kill me now. And then Robin comes in and says, what the fuck does having so many businesses have anything to do with what we're talking about? Yes, Robin, I completely agree with you. And she, I think basically Mia just wanted to say, I'm not going to let anyone dictate on what I can and cannot do and people that I can and cannot hang out with. Why don't you just say that? I mean, holy fuck. And I'm surprised that Candace was then getting on her counter table and says, you know what, this is supposed to be fun. Since when were you the peace queen? Okay, you are the one that's always messy as fuck. I'm surprised that you were the peace queen, but I didn't hate it because it left us off to a nice happy ending in a sense. And they uh, are left off to playing Never Have I Ever, a classic game that all of us teenagers have played and mid-20s and probably 30s and let's just say 50s, 60s, basically forever. And (laughs) who said, I forget who I, uh... It wasn't Wendy. I, I think it might have been Candace that said, never have I ever had my clit done. And of course, we see Mia drinking because she did it. But then she's like, um, I just want to say the technical term was a vaginal rejuvenation. And then all the girls were like, what the, f-? like, hello, vagina, clit, vagina, clit. Uh, did you not know that, that they were like two, two different? Do you know your anatomy, girl? Do you know? 
You don't even know. Check. Go back to sex education, honey. Google it right now. We are concerned for you. How can you be a boss and not know that shit? So that's how the episode ends. And there was a lot of good shit with these two episodes, I have to say. Probably more so for Potomac on my end. But I enjoyed it very much. And oh my God. I just found out too, when I get back to Chicago, which by the way, I'm going back on Thursday. Woo! On the 8th of August. If anyone listening to this is in Chicago, Vishal and Amrit from Family Karma are going to be there for their underwear pants party. They're at like some sort of festival booth. And uh, Vishal put on his Instagram, oh, anyone in Chicago wants to help out? I fucking responded to him and he responded back to me. And hopefully, hopefully I can help him out because I'd be down to help. I mean, I think it'd be fucking fun. Great experience and uh, good cause. So people in Chicago, August, what was it? 6th, 7th, and 8th, I think. They're at some sort of market festival, blah, blah, blah. Check it out. Uh, Underwear Pants Party. And I'm going to go to it because it's going to be fucking awesome. I'm disappointed that Family Karma is over, but it was a great season finale. That uh, mariachi band was to die. Loved it. And hopefully we really do see Vishal and Richa get married. I think it was, a, what, November was it 21st of 2021? I don't know. I can't remember the date, but hopefully they're married by then. And you know what, Yin's guys, thank you so much for listening. I definitely feel like I have a coffee, uh, a coffee high right now is probably why I'm talking so fast. But thank you so much for listening. I appreciate Yin's guys' ears. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Bravo Yinzer. Yinzer spelled Y-I-N-Z-E-R. Please follow us at Believe Podcasts and at Believe Pop Culture. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V. And Yins, guys, I need to see some more reviews. Review the show, please. Tell your friends about it. Make sure you give me five stars. I really would appreciate it for real. I'm trying to grow. Let's grow together. Don't hesitate to reach out to me. I will respond. And I hope you guys have a fucking great Tuesday. Happy birthday, ma. And uh, yeah, we shall see you the next episode. I believe I'm going to have my good old friend, Brent Griffin, baby. He's going to be back on the show. He is into Potomac. Now, remember, he was my friend that had never really been exposed to Bravo before. I had him on the show talking about a Roni episode. Then I introduced him to Potomac. He fucking loves the shit. I mean, he gets excited, even though he probably won't say it because he doesn't want to be embarrassed, I guess. But he gets excited. He sends me little photos of him watching the episode. So he will be back on the show. And I'm super excited because I'm going to be hanging with him in person. And it's not going to be a Zoom call. So that's going to be fucking great. Have a great week. And I shall see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.